0: Pastor Rob, it is great to see you today. We are in week three of our series called The Sting as we process the lies and realities of two things nobody wants to talk about but needs to talk about and that is sin and death. We're going to walk through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and right now, this week, we're going to be in the New Testament, so we're moving towards that end of Revelation. But we spent the last couple weeks spending a lot of it in the book of Genesis, the very beginnings. In week one, we talked about the fall of man, the fact that God created the earth and the universe to be his temple. When it says in Genesis chapter one that on the seventh day he rested, that means his work was finished, and everything he had made was complete, and he called it good. And his desire was to reside in it, for this to be his home, for him to walk with his creation and in his creation. But we also see that in Genesis chapter 3, man made a choice. Made a choice to disobey God, to choose to listen to the whispers of the devil in their ear who took the form of a certain serpent and convince them that maybe God wasn't telling them everything they needed to know. And so what happened is they introduced something that was never meant to be a part of the human, human race or creation in general, and that is death. They sinned, introduced that, and in doing so they introduced death. They also introduced uh, a destruction of the peace in the relationship that we were intended to have with God. Uh, the peace that we were intended to have with creation, I, I personally, I believe it was at that very moment that mosquitoes bega- became bloodsuckers. Just saying. Prior to that, I feel like there was no such thing. And it was at that moment that the peace between human beings was destroyed. We talked about that a little bit last week, the realities of, of living in a broken and fallen world where people are conflicted, right? They fight my alarms going off just sec. I don't know why. People are conflicted. They are fighting with one another. I think all you have to do is turn on the news or maybe even just walk through your living room sometimes and you recognize that that conflict is very much a reality. It also created the reality of a painful world and a difficult world where sometimes just surviving seems like all you can do, like it's overwhelming, like it's too much. But we also talked about the fact that, even from the very beginning, God provided He even went through the the process of sacrificing part of his creation, animals, in order to make skins for human beings so they could be clothed in this world, this harsh reality that they were being sent out to they were walking into this week, we see the tides are turning. We're gonna spend some time in the book of Hebrews. And, and if you don't know the way the scriptures flow, we've gone from the Old Testament to the New. We've gone from the time before Jesus to the time where Jesus has already died on a cross, where he has already done all of the work that needed to be done to restore the relationship between humans and God, between humans and creation. And, and we're gonna to try to understand what that all means what jesus went through and why he did it i think that's one of the the big questions of christianity why did jesus do what he did and why did he have to do it that way so we're going to look at the book of hebrews hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 through 18. i'm going to read out of the christian standard bible would love for you to pull it up on your phone or in our app and read it along with me it says this it says now since the children that's the children of god those he has called back to himself in fact those that he has adopted, that's the wording used in scripture, is that God has adopted, made sons and daughters those who were not, and has done so through Jesus Christ, through the sacrifice that he made, and by choosing to follow him. And that's really, really important for us to understand. To become a child of God is to choose first to become a follower of Christ, to make him your Lord and Savior. But he says, now, since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these, so that through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. For it is clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring. And therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way so that he could become merciful And faithful, a high priest in matters pertaining to God, to make atonement for the sins of the people. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted, who are are, who are tempted. Have you ever heard of empathetic intelligence? Empathetic intelligence is a psychological term that is basically indicative of our ability to put ourselves in someone else's. Shoes to see the world as they see it, to try to understand where they're coming from, how they could uh, reach the conclusions or take the positions they do, especially if they differ from our own. And that's a really difficult thing for us to do. Human beings are very uh, egocentric. <laughs> um, we kind of tend to think, whether we want to or not, or would say it out loud or intentionally, we tend to think the world kind of revolves around each of us. And we view the world that way. And so when people don't agree with us or they come at it from a different angle, we struggle. We struggle to understand. Almost so much so that 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 conflict that we were talking about earlier that gets introduced, that's when it pops up, right? When people disagree with me, especially around something that I think is going to affect my livelihood or my capacity to survive or live, to avoid death for a while, I think we get very upset, very angry especially when people disagree. And that's, that's hard to overcome, but not insurmountable. The truth is, understanding someone else's worldview, putting ourselves in their shoes, though we can never fully say, yes, I understand what it means to be, right? I can, I can fully say I cannot ever understand fully what it means to be, be a black man or a black woman in America because I'm not black. But I can try to understand the challenges they faced, what they've gone through and what they go through on a daily basis, how that could be different. Jesus, though, says, no, 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 way more. I'm going way beyond this. I'm going beyond understanding. I'm taking this to a whole other level. I don't just want to understand where you're coming from. I'm going to become you. He's doing something we can't. It says Jesus shared in these things, flesh and blood. He became fully human and fully God at the same time. And if you ask me how that works, I'm going to say because God, right? There are just a few things in our walk with God that you just have to say to yourself, God did it somehow, some way. It is above my pay grade. I can't figure this stuff out on my own. That's part of what faith is is recognizing i don't have all the answers but do recognizing also that he does and so jesus became fully god and fully man he didn't just try to understand he became human he became the thing that had offended him that had severed the relationship to try to fully see what things looked and felt like from the other side and also to atone for our death because only another human being could fully atone for the faults of a human being. It says in verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize in our weaknesses. Unable to sympathize. Sometimes we we feel like God is displaced. Um, George Washington One of the founders of this country was a well-known deist. That is to to say his perspective was that there is probably a God somewhere, uh, but he's hands-off. That he essentially created everything and then took a powder. He's gone. He's on to the next thing, the next project. He's not engaged. He's not involved. Um, And it would be easy to get to that place. Look around. World's busted. We know that. We've beat that into the ground at this point. We know that. But Jesus came here to try to help us see that he understands what it looks like and feels like and is to be in this broken and fallen world, to sympathize with the pain, the conflict, the difficulties. He understands what it means to be weak, to not be able to do the things we always want to do. That's a struggle that the apostle Paul had even with himself, that he struggled with doing the things that he wanted to do. To be tempted, Jesus, as we know in the book of Mark, Jesus was tempted by the devil right after he was told by God himself, you are my son, with you I am well pleased. He goes into the desert, he's all alone by himself in the wilderness and he's fasting and praying and the devil comes by and says, look, I can offer you everything if you just follow me. It sounds very similar to what happened in the garden, except that Jesus chooses a different route. He says, no, 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 I'm sticking with God, God no matter what. I'm not tempting him. I'm not disobeying him in any way, shape, or form. And so we see that we have a Savior that understands. We have a Savior who's gone through the things that we have gone through. The guy was drugged through the streets, forced to carry his own cross, hung on it, stabbed in the chest while hanging on a cross. Yikes. (laughs) He has been through so much, and all of it, none of it, he deserved. All of it was because of the sins of others, not of himself. He didn't do anything wrong, and I don't know about you, but that kind of injustice seems to be running rampant in the world, and God allowed himself to be exposed to it so that he could tell us that he understands and ultimately, so that he could pay the price, so that he could be the perfect sacrifice to deal with our issue, our separation, our sin, our brokenness, and to reconcile us with him and to, again make us his children, to adopt us back into the family. Author and and theologian Ray Steadman says it this way, God's son, Jesus, willingly entered the dread realm of death on behalf of the human race, but He could not be held there because he himself was sinless. Sin and death are inextricably tied together. And because Jesus was without that sin, he was brought back to life. Death had no power over him. In doing so, as our scripture tells us today, he destroyed the devil's plan. He rendered the devil's plan useless for those who seek and accept adoption through Jesus Christ that that word that's used there for destroy in our text today katageo katargeo means to make inoperative to make inoperative to make it so it doesn't work anymore essentially god said in sending his son i'm taking back the keys the devil does not have the keys to to eternity he does not have the keys to death he does not control everything and that's it's important for us to understand because we often believe that he does. The devil's plan is to to leverage our fear of death because if we're being frank with ourselves, I think almost all of us are afraid to die. We are afraid of what lies beyond. We are afraid of this life ending. We are afraid of not seeing our loved ones anymore. We are afraid of us simply going out of existence and the, the devil knows that. He knew it when he introduced it, when he tempted Adam and Eve out of the gate. He knew it. He introduced it and knew it was going to create fear. And he leverages that. He leverages that to the point of enslavement, right? Enslavement in, in the way we process the world, the way we see the world. The truth is our actions and our priorities and our values are different when we're afraid of dying. When we're afraid of moving on to the the next life, anything that might cause us to get there sooner becomes a flashpoint for anger, frustration, conflict, pain, you name it. But the truth is, we are called not to fear that we are called not to fear being eternally severed in our relationship with God, because that is the Satan's ultimate goal is to sever that relationship with God. And God knows that God knows that's the challenge. God knows that's a fear and that's a reality for us. And he said instead, look, I have a different plan. I'm going to send someone who's going to make this right. He sends a perfect high priest and a king. Elsewhere, it says in the order of Melchizedek, because that's a rarity. That's something we don't Understand The idea of a high priest, a high priest's job was to atone for the sins of the people. In the Old Testament, he would go into the God God's tent and into the Holy of Holies, the most special place that only the high priest could meet with God. And once a year, he would go atone for the sins of all of his people. He would make sacrifices. He would lift up prayers. He would do what he needed to do to make things right between God and his people in so much as he could. But he had to do it year year after a year, after a year. Instead, God says, no, I have a high priest who has to do it once and has done it once. And all you have to do is follow him. All you have to do is choose to be with him. But he's also made him a king. A king that doesn't just atone for our sins as the priest, but also leads us back to God, shows us the way. It's like he's laid a little trail of breadcrumbs and said, it's okay, follow me. In fact, that's exactly what he tells his disciples, come and follow me. And can I just tell you, as someone who went from a place of not knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus, it is like night and day. It is like death and life. It is like fear and fearlessness. It is to change all of my actions, my focuses, my goals, and my perfect Goodness, no, ask my wife, (laughs) ask my kids. I am still fighting against that peace sometimes that is not of God. Sometimes fighting against those fears, sometimes fighting against those difficulties and those conflicts that were introduced so long ago. But you know what? There's a difference here. The difference is those who follow God, those who know God, those who have accepted Jesus as their Savior have hope. We have hope that overcomes fear. We have love being adopted children of God that overcomes that fear. If you have yet to make that commitment, I encourage you to do so today, right here, right now. Don't let this continue to ride your life, this kind of fear of death. And if you have made that commitment, but you've lost sight of it, I encourage you to come back to it. God is calling you back to him as his children to remember that he holds the keys, that he's driving the bus, And that our God and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, promises that we are His and He is ours and that we have no reason to fear the things of this world or what lies beyond. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you and He be gracious to you. May He grant you favor and give you peace. God bless.